You're listening to Dodge Movie Podcast. Your hosts are Christy and Mike Dodge, the founders of Dodge Media Productions. We produce films and podcasts, so this is a podcast about films. Join them as they share their passion for filmmaking. Welcome back, everybody, to the Dodge Movie Podcast. In this episode, we are talking about the film Wheelman, available on Netflix. It came out in 2017, and the director, writer and director is Jeremy Rush. It stars Frank Grillo, Caitlin Carmichael, Garrett Dillhunt, Shay Wiggum. I think Wiggum. Yeah. <laughs> that just Isn't there a Simpsons character? No. Wiggums. Oh, now you got me up in my head, but yeah, I think so. <laughs> and Wendy Montz, who, a uh, little trivia, is married to Frank Grillo well, in real life. Was married at the time of the film. Oh, at the time this trivia was written. Mm-hmm. Got to up their game, IMDb. All right. The synopsis for this film is a getaway driver for a bank robbery realizes he has been double-crossed and races to find out who betrayed him. The tagline is, drive faster than you think, or I found... Think fast, drive faster. I think that's better. Yeah, I like that one too. Trivia, a little bit of trivia. This is not a film for the faint of heart. It contains 286 uses of the F word among the most ever in a narrative film. So it's not a movie for super fans, Sandy. I don't think that it comes across as gratuitous, though. To me, given the what's going on in the film, it, it seemed completely like of the piece. It fit. I thought so. Of the uh, canon, as they say. Well, he's going through a very trying time. This is true. The main character. Well, why don't you kick us off with your pickup line of the film? Clay, I don't want to leave you a message. I'm on my way to work. And I think the I'm on my way to work is the part that matters the most. Right. When we meet him, he is in his... No. Is he in the car that he's... Yeah, he's... Well, this is interesting. Oh, I like actually how they opened it up mm-hmm. where it was it was almost like the audience is in the back seat of the car. Mm-hmm. And really, there was dialogue, but was it was inaudible. We see him talking to a man. Right. Who presumably is the person who prepped this car for him to go on this job. So one of the things that really struck me about this film that I thought was worth a watch and a talk is that so much of the scenes are shot from within the car. Yeah, it's almost like a bottle app. Yeah, it is, really. There's very few scenes where the camera is outside the car. Which maybe we should explain, because, I mean, bottle app is from the 60s, Uh, that phrase. uh, More from television. So a bottle app is when you have the characters trapped in one location. So, like, you put the ship in a bottle, right? Well, doesn't it come from I Dream of Jeannie? And the entire episode would take place inside her genie bottle? It may. I don't remember. I believe that's where it came from. And so from a production standpoint, the advantage of that, right, is you can, of course, get away with perhaps even fewer characters, but one location. You only have to dress and light one location. Mm -hmm. It's often used in series and television when you're running out of budget. (laughs) Right. You need to have an app that's a little cheaper. Although for those purposes, I, I I don't think a car is a good. No. Because especially at night the lights are constantly changing sometimes you're under you know street lights sometimes you're not like you've got to account for headlights and mm-hmm. i i don't think it would be cost effective to do it's, this it's only cost effective if you do something ridiculous like you put all of your characters in an elevator for the entire <laughs> film yeah we know how well that went <laughs> so i did like from that perspective although 
when when we don't hear what's going on, I immediately kind of feel left out. Right. So with the audio, they they put it up enough where you were aware that there's talking, but you had no idea. I think if we we turned up really loud, we maybe could have pieced it together. I do believe it was real dialogue. We just didn't hear it, mm-hmm. and maybe the idea was always important. So I, I I want to say that this film I think would struggle to meet the test of is it a sketch or is it a film mm. because. There really is just one arc through this. And that maybe is why some people didn't respond to the film as much. Because when you stop and think about it, right, it's shot from the perspective of this character and in a car. Mm-hmm. And you, you you mentioned the movie, I forget the name, Jamie Foxx plays a taxi driver and Tom Cruise is like a hitman or something. That might be. And I, I haven't seen that film, but my guess is with films like that, I'm thinking of a baby driver. Right. There is additional plot. And in this film, it really takes place pretty much serially. Mm-hmm. Like real time, film time matches the time in, in yeah. milieu, right? It's just in a direct line from here to there. And we are introduced to his daughter and she does actually appear on screen. We are introduced to his ex-wife who mm-hmm. we have one shot of, but no dialogue. But from, No, well, he calls her on the phone. Yes, yeah. Yeah, there's a voice on the phone a couple of times. But for the most part, right, it's really just the Frank Grillo character, who's only known as Wheelman, mm-hmm. basically driving this car throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. I did like the opening. It reminded me of Miami Vice. The Right after he gets in the car, we see a bunch of these close-ups of the car. The gear shift, the tailpipe, mm-hmm. the tire, the BMW logo. Like, it's almost like a flashy BMW ad right away at the beginning. Yes. Uh, not to jump ahead, but I will mention to the viewer that even BMW car doors cannot stop bullets. <laughs> Don't believe what you saw. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> I also, you're always pointing out the leading lines and, and like when they, they'll highlight the eyes, like they'll use almost like blinds, you know, to highlight it. And this was a perfect use of that because when he, when we're looking at him, the car behind him's headlights are, are reflecting in the rearview mirror. And so it's putting a perfect spotlight on his eyes. And then when we see it's the POV of the people in the backseat, we're seeing his eyes through the rearview mirror. Sorry, that was so difficult to spit out, but I thought it was a good use of kind of pointing the audience's eyes at a certain location. Absolutely. I did also notice the stripe of lighting across his eyes. And in fact, so much so that I was watching it and I started thinking, okay, is that actually the car behind them? Or did one of the gaffers rig up something to mimic that? Right. 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 It was a really clever shot. And you mentioned Miami Vice. And now, of course, I've got that song, You Belong to the Night, whatever that one was, (laughs) playing in my head. So thanks. But it does evoke (laughs) some of those nighttime driving scenes from Miami Vice. Mm -hmm. Right. So Mm -hmm. definitely. Also, as you you probably noticed, because it's at night, it has to be raining. So Right. And in the trivia, somebody said that the raindrops on the car and the window don't move. And I went, BS. Because, because like, were they insinuating they did some kind of epoxy on the car and the windows to make them permanent? And I went, nobody would spend that much time. You would just spray down the car because nobody's going to be continuity checking each individual raindrop. 
Yeah, I don't know what that person was trying to imply. Yeah, did they have the equivalent of slut gloss that they put on the windows? That doesn't make any sense. So I'm like, because I read that while we were watching it, I was looking intently at the individual (laughs) raindrop for movement. And I was just like, no, they wouldn't do that. They would just spray the car down over and over. Yeah. Or it was in fact raining too, right? (laughs) Yeah, that there there was a point where I did notice that the windshield was completely free of, free of raindrops and the side windows weren't, but that actually could have just been from production that they were shooting and, and they didn't like the look of the raindrops on the window. Mm-hmm. So I, I, would, I wouldn't take him to task for that. Well, I'm not taking the... Not you, cinema- but that commenter. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going after the commenter. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I want to give a shout out to the cinematographer because yeah. it was really well done. It was shot in the car. I had a question for them. Maybe they could um, hear this episode and, and email me. But <laughs> right. how they did the footage inside the car because it was really stable but not completely stable. So I was very, very curious mm-hmm. how they did it because it, in my experience, if you suction a GoPro to a window, it's ex- extremely stable. It doesn't move at all relative to the passengers. I'd be curious about your opinion. I felt like there were a ton of shots. It felt like two thirds of the shots were were from the POV of who would have been. There wasn't anybody, but it was almost like the audience was in the backseat. We were on this ride with him. Yeah, we would see shots of him from the front, but it just felt like there were so many, at least in the front, in, in the beginning of the first half of the film, because I made note of it. I just felt like, and that would create a were along we're along with him yes because i think if you're looking at him from the front it's almost like we're the god view or whatever you know we're outside the car we're seeing what he's doing but if we're it's the point of view from the back seat now we're in this with him which as a filmmaker you know would (laughs) you would hope he would have gotten buy-in from right this watcher (laughs) yeah i actually thought maybe it was more from the passenger seat because one thing again that I thought was was really well done is they shot with a very shallow depth of field which makes sense if you're at night the, right yeah and you're in a car but it worked because they would focus only on like his ear and earbud when he was talking right yeah and, and sometimes but on his from eyes, behind don't you think it, it felt like it was a little quartering it wasn't fully behind in my opinion the well, angle but- seemed like it was maybe if you're in the back seat you were leaning forward Oh, interesting. Because like even the scene between, I won't go in, I won't, no spoilers, <laughs> but there's a scene between him and his quote unquote friend, Clay. Uh, yeah. We're, it's from the POV of, of the back seat. It's not like through the side window. Oh yeah. That one, I could see what you're saying there. Yeah. Because it was shooting at the windshield. Yeah. And so. Right. Yeah. Which, which kind of increases the, heightens the drama. Right. Because we can't see their hands. Because, like, if you were sitting in the back seat and they're arguing, but you can't see what's really going on because it's dark. It's night. Right, yeah. yeah. But if we were, like, shooting profile of the passenger through the passenger window at both of them, maybe we would have seen... I don't know. I just... It was an interesting choice. Yeah, I I, I think one of the reasons I responded to this film and recommended that that we do it for the podcast is because of kind of the cinematography, the clever position of the camera. Mm -hmm. To me, that was really... 
distinctive. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't recall having seen that. Now I want to go watch that Tom Cruise movie. And then there's one, I think, where Jake Gyllenhaal plays like a getaway driver or something. The movie, I was right. It's called Collateral. And I remember when I was in film school, they referenced it because I think that's a Taron Malick film. I should have pulled it up. But he wanted a blue hue. This is where I got the idea for Second Story. Remember how I wanted the moon to have like a blue cast when she, I mean, not Second Story. New Promise. New Promise. Yeah, yeah. And so the grips and gaffers, they mostly tried to use um, streetlights, but they also, I know they rigged up like an LED in the back seat on the back of the, oh, it's Michael Mann. And they put it like on the back of the seat for the back seat and Tom Cruise is almost like he has like gray hair and he's wearing like a gray suit and so when that blue light kind of shines on him it's all like the same palette right yeah I remember reading and I just I get you know I get excited when filmmakers when you see like their process and how they do a thing and it's not just like oh let's just throw a camera in a car at night like there's so much thought right I love that so Along those lines, one of the things that I admired about this film Mm -hmm. is it wasn't done on a process truck. It was done in actual vehicles. Now, the question I then have is, from a production standpoint, how hard was it to get all those streets cleared? Because, of course, you want to clear streets in general, but certainly if you're going to be driving that fast, you need to clear streets. Mm-hmm. So that was an, I would love to talk to the line producer about that. Mm-hmm. That might have been a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I think so. I think I think I have that it took place in Boston. Yeah, I thought it was a suburb of Boston. Lawrence, correct. Lawrence and Boston it were the locations. Right. I'm looking at my notes. Uh, so let me back up. When he has that first phone call with his daughter, it reminded me of because I kind of liked her moxie mm-hmm. and <laughs> I liked the line, "Dad, I'm not calling for permission. I'm telling you, I'm going to the concert." Right. <laughs> well. It tells us their relationship. It does. And I liked his line later of, I love my daughter more than my life, more than your life. That was a good line. (laughs) And so it reminded me of the scene because she was kind of taking charge from Kramer versus Kramer, which I know we'll probably never do on this podcast because it's just way too sad, but it was such a pivotal movie for me growing up. But there's a beautiful scene because it just encapsulates not only what would be happening for this dad during a divorce and the kid, but I think just parenting in general. So the kid wants ice cream and the dad's like, no, you got to eat your dinner. And so the kid goes, no, I want ice cream. So he's like eight or nine. He's old enough. So he goes for the freezer and Dustin Hoffman's character, he says, don't you eat that ice cream. The whole time the kid just keeps going. Like he gets the bowl, he gets the scoop. The whole time Dustin Hoffman is saying like, don't you eat that ice cream? Don't you do it? I told you, don't you do it. And the kid just keeps going and he kind of gets slower and slower because he's now that the ice cream's in the bowl, he's got the spoon, he's got some on the spoon and he's just waiting for his dad to see what he's going to do. And the dad, until the kid puts it in his mouth, I think that's when Dustin Hoffman jumps up. And, you know, it's just, it was so that, I don't know, there was something about her just kind of thumbing her nose right? at him trying to say, I'm going, you can't stop me, which he really couldn't because by this point, he's in a pickle. He's got to deal with his current situation. There's nothing he can do about stopping her from going to the concert and she knew it. 
And so she kind of had him. Right. And I think that's an important insight into the character. That's one facet of it. But Wheelman is kind of a passenger in his own life. He's not in control. And so I responded to this film differently than you did. And I think it's part of that because I think that resonated with me, the sense of this husband and father who is attempting to do the right thing and be the kind of parent that his daughter needs and failing miserably. And he's trapped. He's he's in a tight spot and he's trying to figure a way out of it, but none of it is good. Mm-hmm. So I, I really felt like I understood kind of where that character was coming from. He's just trying to do the right thing in a really bad situation and he's trying to not make it worse. Mm-hmm. You definitely understood this character more than I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just struggled because... I felt like you saw him as being trapped and I felt like very early on he could have backed out or even by the fact that he was a wheel man by making that choice to have that profession he couldn't have been surprised about his evening. (laughs) He wasn't surprised. He owed these people. That's the part that I don't know. I'm confused at why that wasn't clear. He didn't necessarily want to be there, but he owed these people for taking care of his family while he was gone. While he was up the up the river, he was in the joint. Yeah, we never really figured out why the dialogue didn't hit me like it hit you. I was just like confused. Right. But you got it. So it was obviously there. So I'm not I'm not sure. I, I did I mean like with a lot of movies, so I guess I can't hold it against this one. All the bad guys shoot bad. But like I think the one guy he what the one time he the wheelman shot he was like dead on <laughs> oh. but i guess movies wouldn't happen if the bad guys were good shots <laughs> i don't think he was that accurate i think he emptied an entire 30 round magazine to try to get the guy but yes it does have a little stormtrooper aim going on there and, and like you mentioned the door like there were so many times that cars were shot at and no right. one was made well and statistically speaking there are almost never full auto gunfights in modern cities in the u.s it just doesn't happen yeah in that one scene where they're like totally having there's no one on the street in boston and then two scenes later when he gets out of the car and he's walking down the street it's teeming with people which right. is later in the night so it's like no if there were going to be people out there would have been people out the hour before when you had the shoot out in the intersection. It did have a lot of action movie physics in that sense. Physics and geometry and, and sociology and all those things. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, I'm just thinking, so there's one scene, trying not to spoil it too much, where Wheelman and this other guy get in this full auto gun battle in the middle of an intersection, which yeah. leaves one vehicle and one person dead in the middle of an intersection and right. other vehicles damaged. And of course, we know they would be shot up too. Yeah. And there did not appear to be any reaction from anyone. Right. It seemed, I mean. Well, there was nobody there in that scene. Right. But again, to me, this is kind of, you know, action movie suspension of a belief kind of thing. There really, yeah, there is, but I didn't get, yeah, I struggled with that. It felt like it was very real. And so I think I was applying maybe a little bit more reality to it than, like, you know, when you're going into Fast and Furious or like, (laughs) like, for example, the Transformers, there's a scene where I remember one of them, I can't, two, three, four, a car drives through 
a business building, I think goes out the window into another business building. Like, I mean, that just, of course, that's not going to happen. Or it goes, a building was falling and it was going along the outside or something. Like, okay, uh, suspend belief because we believe that there's transformers there. But there was just something about this. I couldn't suspend the belief because it felt so real. And I was just so mad at him that he was was doing was engaging this activity at that at any point he could have just said look i'm leaving the money in this parking garage or here's the car you know come get it if you want it just i'm out i don't think that's actually possible in the in that universe i think the people that he owed the favor to knew where his wife and daughter lived if he just left the money and he didn't do the job i think there would have been bad things that happened to his daughter he was trapped now i agree with you this is why you should not get into a life of crime because <laughs> your co-workers do things like hurt your daughter yeah, if you think, don't do the right thing i think my oh it's in the show notes i was because i was writing the show notes while i was doing this which i realized maybe that's why i missed some dialogue <laughs> yeah it could have been but i said this is why i can never commit a crime because it just yeah. it's too stressful for me oh gosh yeah so i mean the besides the moral aspect stressful <laughs> right okay i did like in the editing how whenever he got out of the car, the camera or the audience stayed in the car, like I was talking yeah. about. And there were two separate times that we got like muffled dialogue. And now I have to ask you, okay, so it, what is it, up, what it's up with the tape that's on his fingers? And it's down near the palm. It's not like I just heard a story where people put tape on their like fingertips so that they didn't leave fingerprints. But what's with the tape? He had like white tape on i saw it i have no idea (laughs) i was thinking that when i was during the film i saw that and i noticed it and it kind of bumped me and then i thought okay yeah was it a a a friction like a traction thing did he on the steering wheel uh, yeah did he not uh, i don't know Okay. I've, I've never seen that before i don't really know what what that choice was okay and then i did like from a sound perspective, the use of the phone calls. Like, first of all, he, I hope you're going to point out in your driving review that he did not observe good, safe cell phone use within a car. He was, he was not particularly safe with many of his choices behind the wheel. But I did like how they utilized the cell phone and his earpiece as another as other characters right and i will say credit to them for the similar to but legally distinct from marimba ringtone (laughs) that was so well done because i knew at first like the first few notes you're like did they get marimba and then nope they didn't yeah i i thought it was an interesting film from the standpoint of it was very i felt like tightly plotted that if you missed a sentence you could miss important details clearly and yet it was also an action film where they're driving around those two things normally don't go together so you mentioned michael mann for collateral did he also do heat I feel like he has a history of kind of like heist films or yeah, or crime so. thriller films, and maybe that's in this maybe this genre, right? It, it that's a part of part of making a crime film is there's all this kind of like back and forth. Says he's known for The Insider, Collateral, The Last of the Mohicans, Manhunter. Oh, Ford v Ferrari. He was executive producer. Oh wow. That's coincidence. I'm not seeing... Yeah, I probably got it wrong, but... Hancock, is that a... Oh, that's Will Smith, right? Right, but is that a heist? Oh, Uh, it says Miami Vice. Ah. Oh, a producer. In 2006, though. Was there a Miami Vice movie? Oh, no way to know. And Ali, he was a producer. Huh. Okay. How about head trauma? 
So we had two noteworthy pieces of head drama. One, there is a guy on a motorbike who's never really identified uh-huh. who's chasing Wheelman. And mm-hmm. you had raised the question of why did this happen? But I think it's actually realistic. The BMW throws a hard left turn and the motorcycle attempts to follow and can't hold as tight a radius and runs into a Prius. That dude definitely got some head trauma. Mm-hmm. And I will say also credit to the stuntman. That was nuts. That was oh my God. pretty crazy It was stunt. almost like a, what's it called? A jump scare? Where yeah. It happens. Oh, sorry. Spoiler. <laughs> that's okay. We don't, we, we don't have spoilers here. Everyone yeah, that's knows. true. But, and the other is when Garrett shoots himself in the head, I'll count that as head trauma. Yes, very much. Was it, or oh, was it Garrett. Garrett Clay? Yeah, Clay. I think he's played by Garrett Dillahunt. Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe we got a smoochie in this. This is not a rom-com. Smoochie, smoochie, smoochie. I did not see a smoochie. <laughs> the closest is at the end of the film, the mom hugs the daughter in uh, through a window, like in a diner. Mm-hmm. So that was as close as we got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no rom in this. Not a lot of calm either. Nope. Okay. This is going to be an extensive driving review, I imagine. Well, perhaps. I don't know. It's interesting, but we'll take off. So, first of all, as you mentioned, this is probably a good commercial for BMW. Now, I don't know the E46 all that well. Mm -hmm. It looked like it was supposed to be a pretty nicely performant vehicle. And I did see one person online said that it was a particular model of that that was... uh, Yeah, I thought I wrote it down as... Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, it's apparently the ZHP variant of the 330i. So that was good. One thing I have to notice is throughout the film, when we get a shot of the dashboard, only kind of from the driver's perspective, because you can't really see it from the passenger side, there are three warning lights on. And sometimes those are on when it is on a, a process trailer because the vehicle is not like actively running. It's like an accessory mode or something. Mm-hmm. In this case, it was obviously moving. So I don't really know what that is. All I can think is, is perhaps when the guy that we see at the beginning of the film give him the car, perhaps they disabled low jack or something. There are some, some modifications made to the vehicle. One of the notes that I made was that you wouldn't want to leave your fingerprints on that vehicle, but he takes care of that problem later in the film. So that's not an issue. And since they didn't intend the car to live, maybe they made some some modifications that caused the warning lights. But it did it did kind of bump me. I also mentioned uh, that uh, car doors do not stop bullets. And they also, a couple of rounds went through when the windshield out the rear. And my question from a production standpoint is whether they took the windows out and shot them in a back back lot or if they like drilled in through somehow. I was very curious how they did that from a production standpoint. So it, in the film, I never could figure out from my research, I don't know if you found anything, whether Frank Grillo really is a driver, if he if he's a racing driver, if he knows what he's doing. We did see some heel-toe action, so obviously somebody in the film knows what they're doing. I don't know if that was him, his feet, but definitely that's there. There's a really nice Rockford turn that they throw in there. There's an 84 Porsche 911 Carrera, which is his, looks like it's supposed to be a bit of a race car. And he talks about going to the track with his daughter. So I don't know if we are supposed to deduce, or maybe there's a deleted scene which establishes that in order to pay for his racing, he had to be a wheelman. This is a real common setup in movies that the racing driver is dead broke, which is true. 
racing is a good way to get broke. And then they turn to a life of crime as a wheelman in order to pay for their racing. We didn't get that dialogue, so I'm not claiming the filmmakers did that. But one thing that bumped me is when his daughter gets in the 911, he has to put the seat forward so she can reach the controls. But then later when he switches spots with her, he doesn't move the seat. I had all kinds of problems when she drove. <laughs> oh, let me hear. <laughs> okay. Well, she's 14. He tells her to find the keys and to meet him at a garage. Now, when I was first driving at 14 and our children had no sense of where something was to None. just drive there. And he was like, you know, the garage at like 7th and 49th. And she's like, yeah. If you told me that now, I couldn't get there. And so I just don't think. And then at one point he was like, okay, so that he meets her there. And then he says, okay, now you know how to get to your uncle's house? Drive there. And so, she, of course, she's been to her uncle's house, but she's not going to know. Now, not I guess from downtown Boston. Right. And I guess you could say, like, well, she probably has his address, so she could just put it in her phone. Right. My, my other problem, she's driving in a parking garage. She's in third in that car. Right. Taking turns in a parking garage. I think in a parking garage, you don't get out of, like, at least second, but most often first. Yeah, certainly. A uh, performance car like that, I'd be stunned if you got out of first gear in a parking garage. Exactly. <laughs> but she's racing around in third, and they show her shifting one, two, three. That's how I knew she was in third. Right. I'm just trying to think, <laughs> unless she's short shifting, if she's in third gear in that Porsche, she's probably going at least 50 or 60, right? Right. And taking corners. Now, in I know it's a 911, but I think that's, yeah, it's a bit much. And then I just thought it was funny because so she she comes upon her dad doing the deal with the guys and they start shooting. And my note is, don't worry, none of the bad guys have landed any shots so far right. in this movie. Your dad's fine. And then he sees her jumps in the car and she's like where's mom and he goes don't worry no wait where's mom don't worry yeah that was a tiny <laughs> bit of a plot hole because and then mom just shows up at the cafe okay how'd mom get to the cafe and the last we knew <laughs> she was with the bad mom guys mom was with the guys who were shooting <laughs> So he gave them money or something. Yeah. And so apparently, yeah, mom has the ability to teleport that she hasn't mentioned to us yet. And eventually yeah. the girl just stops asking. And I would well, think sure. he'd be like, no, we're not leaving here until we have mom. Because then she remembered that mom can teleport. I oh, guess. I see. I That's don't know. what it is. Yeah, that was that was a little bit of a plot hole there. Again, <laughs> maybe there's a deleted scene that makes that up. But I did immediately notice that too. Don't worry about it. Mom's safe. Like, how? <laughs> mom was in a gun battle 10 seconds ago. How is mom safe? And how did mom get from the parking garage to the diner? Right? These are these are questions. Is that the uncle? Did the uncle show up? And if the uncle showed up, couldn't he also take the daughter? I mean, okay. All right. No, let's not get crazy here. <laughs> All right. So we go to the numbers. Let's go to the numbers. All right. This film, like I said, came out in 2017. The budget was $5 million, And I don't have the worldwide or domestic numbers because it went straight to streaming. It went to Netflix. I don't know if it was made for Netflix, but it went straight. I thought I read that it was made for Netflix. Made for Yeah. So it just went straight there. It has a 6.4 out of 10. And critics liked it. They gave it an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Audiences, that kind of more in my case. 66%. They weren't as much a fan as the critics. It's an hour and 22 minutes. So, you know, if you want to give it a spin, it's less than an hour and a half. It is rated mature for all those F words, I suppose. And it is listed as an action crime thriller. We paused it, at least that I wrote down once to talk about the angle of a shot. I think there was one we specifically liked. And 
And I already said it was filmed in Boston. It's a Solution Entertainment Group and War Party Films. That's the studio. So there you have it, Wheelman. I'm going to say if if you like driving or racing, you might want to give it a little bit more of a, of, of a watch. Like mm-hmm. high, raise the probability. If you're not into driving real fast, you probably will not enjoy it as much. But I will give my little shout out to Elizabeth Case, who introduced me to the phrase a one screen show or film versus a two screen. Uh Meaning, can you can you be playing on your phone while watching a show? So, for example, a show like Parks and Rec. That's, that could probably be a two screen. Uh, yeah. Although Elizabeth would probably hate that I picked that. But there might be some of her listeners. But I was thinking perhaps uh, Real um, Housewives. Yes, Real it's Housewives. It's a two screen film. Two screener or a two screen show for sure. You can play on for your sure. phone. You could check Facebook while you're watching Real Housewives. Right. I'm going to advise this is a one screen film. This is a one screener. Do not do anything else. Do not be distracted because you will miss vital dialogue. I think so. Yeah. I, I think that's a fair. So assessment. that's my little. Right. That right. would be a fun little rating we could add. Yeah. Yeah. A one or two screener. Right. Yeah. I like it. I, I believe Elizabeth even has a, a case. <laughs> um, <laughs> there is three screens, but I can't remember how that works. I was going to say, like, I, I didn't know. Or was it? Is there? You've one got your like, iPad and the phone out. Is there a zero screen where you're cooking? In the kitchen and it's on in the living room. You can't even see the television. But so just, that would be one screen. Well, if you can't even see the screen, is it is like a zero screen. You're just hearing Dorinda yell. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, that could be Housewives. Yeah. All right, everybody. Listen to our episode next week. We are going to be talking about Ford versus Ferrari. It's probably going to be a long one, although this one's at 38 minutes. So we did pretty good for a film that half of us didn't really care for. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so join us next week where you can hear us talk about Ford v. Ferrari, a fantastic movie. And never forget. Dodges never stop and neither do the movies. Thanks for listening to Dodge Movie Podcast with Christy and Mike Dodge of Dodge Media Productions. To find out more about this podcast and what we do, go to dodgemediaproductions.com. Subscribe, share, leave a comment, and tell us what we should watch next. Dodges never stop, and neither do the movies. 